please remain risen and receive these words of scripture from the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 1, beginning with the 18th verse. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Lord, look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. Receive what the Spirit is saying. Thanks be to God. I invite you now, together with all of us here in our sanctuary, to pray together. Loving and gracious God, in these holy days, we give you thanks for places to pause, to bring whatever we bring into this space to be offered to you, that you might transform it and send us back into the world to be your people, a people of hope, a people of peace, a people of joy, and a people of love. May these next moments be times when your message will be received because or in spite of me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew's account of the good news of God begins in chapter 1 with a very messy genealogy that includes, as all family trees do, some questionable characters and unlikely saints. And as we were reminded in the children's message, Matthew's version of the Jesus story begins with what Joseph thought was bad news. Joseph received the news that his betrothed, Mary, is pregnant, she says, by the Holy Spirit. This is the story we receive in Matthew. No shepherds, no star, no stable. Just this, Joseph met with bad news. In addition to managing the sting of betrayal and the confusion of this message, Joseph has a choice to make. And no choice before him would be considered good. He could divorce Mary publicly, accusing her of adultery, which by the laws of the day, which would mean that she would be stoned to death. 
He could divorce her privately. He could stay with Mary and face humiliation and scorn. Any way you look at it, any choice that Joseph had was painful, it was shameful, it was a living nightmare. And it shouldn't surprise us that Joseph was stuck between the proverbial rock and hard place, and in that stuckness of thinking, never considered that there might be another choice. After all, it's familiar to all of us when we're faced with a no-win situation to struggle a little bit. What are some of the things that we might do when we feel there's no good choice? Well, I can think of few. We, we might fret a lot. We might lose sleep over it. We might overeat or get drunk or take it out on those we love or avoid the whole thing as long as possible, waiting for someone else to make a decision. Or we might binge social media and mindless television. I heard a yes in the back. <laughs> we all have our, our, uh, our choice uh, avoidance measures, right? Not all of them the most helpful life choices. Joseph had, had a choice he had to make, and it was difficult. In another story, not in Scripture, we find a different response to a no-good choice situation. Some years ago, when I was in Santa Fe, New Mexico, for a pastor-theologian conference, I visited the historic Loreto Chapel, a small Gothic chapel on the old Santa Fe Trail, built in 1873. Some of you may have visited that chapel. There's a legend about it, and the legend begins like this. When the chapel was built, the architect forgot to include a way for the nuns to reach the choir loft. The sisters weighed their options, but all were equally undesirable. They could, and it was a high one, like the loft would have been up there. Right? They could, they could um, build a conventional staircase, but that would have taken up too much space. They could rebuild the entire balcony, but that would be far too expensive. They could climb a dangerous ladder up and down, which would be an accident waiting to happen. So the nuns didn't know what to do. None of these choices were good choices. So they did what you and I might do. Maybe Joseph did this, we don't know. They prayed. They prayed. Now, I'll come back to that. I won't leave you hanging. So be not afraid. <laughs> but they prayed. There's a thought. Our gospel doesn't say that Joseph prayed. We're not told if he prayed in the face of his dilemma. But we do know that he had made a choice. He had decided to dismiss Mary quietly. And then, having made that choice, he promptly went to bed and crawled under the covers and went to sleep. As he slept, his nightmare was replaced with a different kind of dream. Don't be afraid, 
Joseph. Mary's telling the truth, Joseph. Your child will be the savior. As I was thinking about all of this, I stumbled across a reflection and was so moved by it that suggests that as Joseph slept, the father of the Son of God was himself born. The writer and teacher, Dr. Alice McKenzie, writes these words. In his sleeping state, Joseph allowed God to speak to the depths of his heart and to offer a resolution to his dilemma that his human reason had failed to discern. On this night, as much as on Christmas Eve, an angel hovered near, whispering a message from God into Joseph's sleeping ear. The angel interrupted the nightmare visions of accusation and estrangement that played in the theater of Joseph's mind. The angel replaced them with a manger scene and visions of a boy growing and becoming strong. Here, whispered the angel, is the key that unlocks your dilemma. Here it is. Believe her unbelievable story. Marry her and become the father of God's child. He will need a father to be accepted by others as he grows to manhood. He will need not just any father, but a father like you, capable of nurturing him and giving him a name, Emmanuel, God with us. He will need a father like you to teach him to take risks like the one you are about to take, for he will be tempted not to take them. He will need a father like you to teach him to withstand the disapproval of others, as you will soon have to withstand it. He will need a father like you to teach him what to do in situations like this one when all hope seems lost and only pain remains. To model how to believe the unbelievable good news and to walk ahead in faith. If you do not walk the hard road to Bethlehem, who will teach him how to climb the cruel hill to Calvary. In this way, I imagine the Father of our Lord was born that night. We're not told that Joseph dropped to his knees in prayer in the face of the bad news he had received and the bad choices that he faced. But in the scripture, we are reminded that he is considered a righteous man a detail meant to signal to us that he sought to be in right relationship with God and with others. He knew God. His heart was open. And so in God's mercy and love, Joseph receives a new answer from God. Joseph receives, is given by God a new choice. And confusion turned to clarity, and no way turned to a new way. Bad news turned to good news, good tidings. 
Joseph, you see, can just love Mary. It hadn't occurred to him. You can do that. You can love her. You can love Jesus. You can live your life together. As hard and difficult as it will be, even though others will scoff and judge and say that your love is shameful. You can love Mary. You can love Jesus. You can love your life together. And you can also trust that as I am with you in this moment, that God, it will, that I will continue to provide guidance. Joseph was promised this because we know that Joseph had to carry his family through trials and God helped him get through to the other side to lead him through the rage of Herod, to lead him, to lead him through the flight to Egypt and the normal challenges of raising a precocious child. The story of Joseph is good news for all of us since we all face times when we can't see any good choice, when we feel trapped or ill-equipped to face whatever life is serving up at the time, when we struggle to trust that God's love is just as wondrous as has been promised. I sometimes think, can it really be that good? Can this really be true, this love? We all struggle sometimes to remember and to believe that Emmanuel is really real and not just a presence with us, not just with us, but like just hanging out with us, but somebody who wants to guide us, that wants to help us, that wants to lead us somewhere because of that love for us. Can it really be that good, that wondrous? The story of Joseph reminds us that God wants to help us, that God's powerful, liberating love will turn our nightmare into new life, full of purpose and beauty and power. God will use all sorts of means to get through to us, dreams, other people, challenges in our lives, to get through to us and help us perceive and receive the good gifts that we may not be able to discern on our own. I promised I wouldn't leave you hanging about the nuns and their dilemma. It seems that one night while the sisters were praying about their predicament, a white-bearded stranger appeared at the door of the convent asking for work. A toolbox was strapped to his burrow, and he told the sisters he was a carpenter. When they told him their problem, he offered to build a spiral staircase. His spiral staircase was an engineering feat for its time, containing 33 steps and two complete turns of 360 degrees, with no center support. The carpenter used wooden pegs instead of nails, and his only tools were a saw, 
a T-square, and a hammer. As soon as the staircase was finished, the unknown craftsman disappeared without asking to be paid. Many today believe that the carpenter was indeed Saint Joseph. The staircase, of course, remains to this day. Some of you will have seen it. A wonder of love to behold. It's a wonderful legend, a wonderful story. And it's such a delightful thought that Joseph continues to move about in the world, appearing here and there and now and again, turning up in no-win situations to craft a wonder of love, a vision of new life, a new way out of no way, a way to share, to get to the choir loft, to share in the song of the angels, to sing with them tidings of great joy for all people. Jesus, the wondrous love of God, comes to earth to save us from despair. Joseph has appeared among us today as we remember his story, reminding us that every detail of the story of Jesus' birth affirms God's loving presence and God's active beckoning and grace to help us live more creatively and to trust more deeply and to love more bravely and perhaps to awaken a dream in our own hearts for new life ahead. Thanks be to God.